With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Looking to try something new? Try Fantasy Bingo. RivalFantasy.com. The promo code is PLAYER. And they refund up to $50 of losses. That's a pretty generous offer. RivalFantasy.com. Promo code PLAYER. It's a new way to play fantasy football. Oh, they continue. The takeaways continue. They never stop. Why would they stop? Who would stop? NFL action coming right at you. I was uh, watching these games with my daughter, so there were some good takeaways. I I saw some of this action firsthand with my daughter, and she was had her head in her hand. She's like, what are they doing? Or she was cheering because she doesn't like the Cowboys. First and foremost, Hertz Smith Goddard. We talked about this on the DFS Dominator show. We had our best DFS Dominator show. It's a streaming show on YouTube. Dario and I, we walk through the DFS lineup genius, and we generate a bunch of lineups. And we started with Hertz. We wanted Hertz. That was a priority. Hertz and Mahomes this week were our priorities. And saved some salary by going double stacks with Smith and Goddard. And those Hertz double stacks uh, were great, especially, especially, if you found a way to play Kelsey at flex, and that's exactly what we talked about on the DFS Dominator show. So that was like, oh my God. I've looked up like, wait, we have Goddard and Kelsey both scoring touchdowns. Wait, the double tight end configuration was chef's kiss in DFS. Goddard, Kelsey, and DFS was chef's kiss for that four-game slate. And then I also love seeing Gainwell in that game. Gainwell going over 100 yards, like 10 yards a carry. Okay, and four targets. Now that matters, right? Even if it's against a team that knows they're beat, a demoralized team, it's still a professional football team. And Kenny Galladay is the primary back with Sanders resting, the clear primary back, and then also the four targets. The four targets is interesting because can you count how many games... So far this season, where Miles Sanders has four more targets. In the comments, let me know. If you know, congratulations. The answer is zero. (laughs) It's zero. So the whole case for drafting Kenny Gainwell in 2022 was that he actually has a more robust all-purpose skill set, though he is smaller and likely won't be called upon between the tackles nearly as much. And We just saw less usage from Kenny Galladay than we would have liked to see. But Miles Sanders is a pending free agent, unrestricted free agent. Kenny Gainwell has that primary back job in sight. And that's why on our Dynasty rankings, go to Dynasty Deluxe or go to the player rankings. There we have our Dynasty rankings. You're like, wow, that's crazy. Why does player profile love Kenny Gainwell so much? Well, we love the skill set. We love the team he's on. And we love Miles Sanders' contract about to expire. Now, I also love Daniel Jones, and I said something crazy last week that if you 
weapons adjusted the NFC MVP voting that Daniel Jones should be in consideration. Okay, that that that's uh not not looking right considering <laughs> Jalen Hurts is in the NFC. So it, you're like, well, you could argue Jalen Hurts has three receivers in Devonte Smith and AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard, all better than Daniel Jones' best receiver. So when you adjust it, you, you got to put it in context and adjust and in context and adjust, and still it hurts. Always and forever. Right? It was a fun take. The weapons adjusted MVP vote. That's a fun thing to talk about. That was fun. Actually, I think that I talked about it on the best of hot takes. So if you're listening to the stream, for the podcast audience, they know all about this because this was dropped over the weekend. But we, in, if you go to the podcast feed, so go to Player Profiler, click on Podcasts, and then you'll see there's a podcast stream, and we have all the best takes. And the first take we started with was Sean Kerner talking about Daniel Jones and how, how underrated he is. And so it all comes full circle. Daniel Jones goes down in flames. Why? Because his number one receiver was Richie James. Now, is Richie James's best receiver? No. Is it Isaiah Hodgins? Yes. But Richie James was the beneficiary of target displacement. So target displacement happens when you go up against a team with two great corners. In this case, Bradbury and Slay. Not the elite of the elite, not the top of the food chain corners, but they're very good, and they're also big. And so they can really press the boundary. And what does that do? Well, that funnels targets inside to a guy like Richie James, who primarily plays out of the slot. That's target displacement. That's why when we were setting up lineups, I asked Dario to go ahead and pin Richie James as our run back in these double stacks. And that worked well. It all worked well. You can't you can't smash with every player in a four-game DFS slate. Richie James was the best of the runback options. Joe Burrow is looking better than Josh Allen. We're going to have to see how it all shakes out, but we're going to be crunching numbers. Dario is currently working on our 2023 projections. He's almost done. He's gone through team by team by team. We're going to publish way too early 2023 projections and rankings for seasonal leagues and best ball, but we're also going to factor that in to the dynasty rankings and we'll see. We'll see where Burrow slots in vis-a-vis Josh Allen. We'll see where Jalen Hurts slots in vis-a-vis Josh Allen. But we saw Joe Burrow missing three critical offensive linemen and still winning easily. And we saw Josh Allen short circuit at home. It's a problem. And in Dynasty... You have these guys for their careers. So I know in a seasonal league in best ball, you're going to go with the, the mobile box stuffing skill set in Josh Allen. He has the most upside for any given season. But if you're actually building around a player for the rest of his career, it's hard to go wrong with Joe Burrow at this point. He, uh, he's doing himself uh, very well, especially in Dynasty. I mean, think about it. If you're in a 2QB league or a super flex league and, and your quarterback is Joe Burrow, think, oh, that's such a safe and, and warm feeling. It's like a nice warm bath. Like, oh, God. 
You feel better about that than than Justin Herbert. You almost have to be Patrick Mahomes to feel any better. But actually, Joe Burrow is younger than Patrick Mahomes. So there's an argument that the most relaxing quarterback to have in a two QB Superflex Dynasty League would be Joe Burrow. I didn't even have that take when I started. That's not in my notes. I just get just now. That's a takeaway that just occurred to me moments ago. Oh, yeah. Show's going well. We have a good show here. Don't fuck it up, Podfather. Keep it going. Keep it going. Stay hot. Don't start thinking about it. Wait, I'm thinking about it now. God damn it. Flow's over. Khalil Shakir, better than Gabriel Davis. We keep talking about it, alluding to it. Just need to see more reps from Shakir. And as he gives us more reps in his rookie year, he just continues to outperform Gabriel Davis. And I had to think, when they were talking on the broadcast about how Josh Allen couldn't find anyone getting separation downfield and was holding the ball and holding the ball and taking huge hits, I was like, well, yeah, you have Gabriel Davis out there. He can't separate. Of course he can't find anybody. And then when he does, it's... You know, Gabriel Davis struggling in a contested situation, falling down in the snow. Of course, yes. If you if they played more Shakir, less Davis, that would have set Allen up for more success. Shakir was two for two for 40 yards, and Davis was two for four for 34 yards. So more than double the yards per target for Shakir. Stephon Diggs had a truly abysmal yards per target. I mean, only caught four passes on 10 targets. And you saw him yelling at Josh Allen on the sideline. He was yelling at the just the, the coat, the bench, really. It was the player in Josh Allen. It was the assistant coaches. It was the backup quarterback. He was just yelling at everybody. I'm open. What are you doing? And when your other choices are Cole Beasley and Gabriel Davis, just feed him more. Don't care about the catch rate. Just throw the ball to Diggs. I think there was a hesitation somehow, some way. The part of the Josh Allen short circuiting is that he started to doubt what he was seeing and his receivers instead of just trusting it and letting it go to Diggs, especially it's part of the problem. And we'll see if he can, he can shake himself out of it. Typically these like mental blocks that players have, they happen in, in bursts. The off season happens, they decompress, they come back. And, and so I think Josh Allen's going to come back as Josh Allen but he just may not come back to a top three position in the dynasty quarterback ratings. You have to, you have to subscribe. Got to subscribe on player profiler to, to see where exactly we have Josh Allen and dynasty. It's going to be interesting. T Higgins is also interesting. I mean, how many consecutive games can T Higgins dud out before we're like, listen, we don't want this guy, man. Like we don't, at what point do you move Devonte Smith over T Higgins? People are like, yeah, now, now? How about now? Now? How about now? Well, now. Not now. Now. No, no. Not now. Now. Three straight games with less than 10 fantasy points from T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd's returning. So if Tyler Boyd were, were leaving in free agency, that would be a different conversation. But with Tyler Boyd coming back, it really is a target squeeze. We've been noticing this target squeeze. You have a couple boom weeks and it's real a target squeeze for T. Higgins. I'm not enthusiastic about drafting T. Higgins in any format in 2023 we also talked about joe mixon the the lineup genius spoiler alert if you want to go back and listen to a dfs show about last week (laughs) you're not going to joe mixon kept showing up so the lineup genius was pushing the joe burrow exposure to the maximum and i asked 
I asked Dario, I was like, why is it? He's like, value, man, value. Look, this guy has an upside projection, an 85th percentile upside projection of like 26 fantasy points. That's a reasonable outcome for him, given his touch share and this offense and this game total. And yet he's being priced like running backs that are sharing the touches like a Tony Pollard. Doesn't make sense. He's getting priced like ETN. I'd rather have Mixon. So we kept seeing a lot of Mixon, a lot of ETN at that price point preferring Joe Mixon and I was like you know what it's there's such a theme this year of us seeing the lineup genius insert all this Mixon and everyone saying how gross it was and then saying well you gotta do it that's just how we like winning we like money and then there's Joe Mixon once again going off he had like 20 fantasy points yeah because he also hit the bonus in DK so on DraftKings he went over 20 fantasy points it was beautiful what a great what a great play at running back Joe Mixon that was my favorite play from this game. Did not like this game. So there were two, two very easy bets. Very easy bets. One was the the under on Bengals Bills. We knew the weather report. We knew that Josh Allen was struggling. We knew that the Bengals offensive line was decimated. It was such an e- I mean, it was the easiest bet on the board. We talked about this on the Juice Show on Friday. It was like it was 37 points scored. The over-under was 48 and a half. <laughs> like, what are we doing? That was easy. A uh, lot, of, lot, of lot of trickier lines on the board, right? We also just love the Eagles. We're like, listen, guys, the Eagles are at home. What are we talking about, right? What, what is going on? They were favored by more the last time they faced the Giants at home. What did the Giants do lately that, that made them better? All the Eagles have done is get healthy in a week off. What are we talking about here? That was Shervon's take. I was like, you're right. Just take the Eagles against the spread. What are we talking about? So that was that was that was a that was a straightforward. Those were good. Those were the good bet the against the spread bet on the Eagles and then the under on Bills Bengals. Those were the most straightforward on the board. Edge, the Edge betting service, its favorite was the Niners Cowboys under, which also hit. So check out edge.playerprofiler.com. That's the algorithmic bets to make right what the computer tells you to do uh and, and and whenever there's the highest confidence like that you go under right i was like man i think maybe this could go over what if dak gets on a roll and then both shervon and ahan were like bro edge has the highest confidence on the under okay 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 oh got it got it guys so a lot of tickets cashed that's cool that's always cool that's a cool feeling and uh it's also cool when ETN has exactly three catches, I always smile, especially when it's on three targets. It's like, hey, the guy was efficient, but they are not throwing it to him for whatever reason. When Hasty's out there, oh, Hasty, he gets targets, copious targets for Hasty. But ETN, it's like the hard cap at three targets. Once again, it's just too easy. And also, my favorite player prop, and I, I have, uh, I have the text message from Allen, the receipt from Allen. He's like, what's your favorite player prop? And I was like, uh, the Pacheco rushing over. And it was like 52 and a half, something like that. I was like, I don't care what it is. He's going over. This is a Pacheco week. At home against the Jaguars in the playoffs. Salt the game away or break away down the sidelines. It's just, there's too many ways for this to go over. The Pacheco yardage prop. Too easy. And Kadarius Tony hit his receiving prop, right? Receiving receptions prop very least i mean this was the fifth time the fifth time in his career that 
Kadarius Toney commanded more than five targets. And he's also had exactly five times when he scored more than 10 fantasy points. They're not, not this past week because he, he gave you the bare minimum. I think, what was it? Seven targets he had? Seven? Is that right? Yeah. Seven targets for Kadarius Toney. 36 yards. Loser game show sound. Kadarius Tony's not good. Now, I'm fully prepared for the NFL to try to fool us. Remember they tried to fool us with Gabriel Davis? Four touchdowns, like 40 fantasy points, whatever it was. Crazy playoff performance, right? That could happen with Kadarius Tony. I want it to so bad, right? Because it's like, all right, someone picks Gabriel Davis in the third or fourth round of your seasonal league, your best ball league, and you're like, okay, that's great. Like, Or you're, you're, you're about to pick, and the guy ahead of you picks Gabriel Davis, and then I probably pick someone like Rashad Bateman, who was even deader than, than Davis. This, but it doesn't, regardless, I, you're feeling good about it. So I think T. Higgins or Travis Etienne would fall into that zone once in a while, or uh, would be going to draft one of those two guys, and someone would inevitably draft Gabriel Davis. And that was always fun. That's always great. It's always a fun time. And then Kadarius Tony is like Gabriel Davis in only one way. In only one way. It's, it's fascinating to look at the Gabriel Davis Kadarius Tony dichotomy in that they're both overrated, right? They're both overrated for all kinds of different reasons. Gabriel Davis had the big playoff performance and he's tethered to Josh Allen. Kadarius Tony is, you know, this, this lightning bug player. Drafted in the first round, so he has the draft capital, and he has the athleticism. So they're very different. They're polar opposite players, but both bad. That's the only common denominator is that they're overrated. Everything else is different. One guy's big, one guy's small. One guy's fast, one guy's slow. And yet, equally overrated. But I think Kadarius Tony's ADP was just as inflated last year as Gabriel Davis's. Both players we weren't ever going to draft, like on the fade list. And now you can see, it's just funny to see and imagine where they're going to be this year. Like in 2023, where are these guys going to get drafted? I don't know. I'm going to be drafting Christian Kirk. That's what I know. 14 targets for Kirk. Didn't actually deliver much. This is a difficult matchup for him. But he just turned 26. Just turned 26. He came out early. He produced early at Texas A&M. And he's already in a second contract and he's just turning 26. And the Jaguars, they can't add a true alpha receiver. They've now done so well that they're going to be drafting in the back of the first round. So they're not going to get a premium wide receiver. And then in free agency, who are the free agents that are available? It's Juju Smith-Schuster, Paris Campbell, DJ Chark. (laughs) They're going to bring back Chark? No, right? So these are more field stretchers or possession receivers, not proper alphas. Now, they could trade for an aging alpha. They could trade for like a 30-year-old DeAndre Hopkins. That would be the one way. That would be the one way. They're like, okay, we're in win-now mode. Cardinals are rebuilding. Let's go trade for Hopkins. I could see that. I could see that. In fact, I think that would be an interesting reprise of the 2021 Cardinals, right? I think they're a good fit. I think Hopkins and Kirk are a good fit together. So I think that would be a good trade for the team. But for those of us that are going to be drafting Christian Kirk aggressively, we just it's a very thin thread 
that you would have to pull and all the way out to finally, okay, so somehow they, they got an alpha in the door that would supplant Christian Kirk. It's just very unlikely. Christian Kirk's going to be back. Lawrence will be even better. He'll be better. And you're looking at a career year, wide receiver one season, likely coming from Christian Kirk. And you know, I feel bad for Trayvon Diggs today. Trayvon Diggs had an interception that could have changed the game. Just squirt through his arms. Like I don't know how this was such a purdy. It was the most purdy throw and outcome of the week. Like I was like, this is gonna happen. There's gonna be an interception that's gonna be in the arms of the defender and just dropped on the ground. And boom! It happened. I was like, you see, you see. As of my daughter, I was like, I, I told you that would happen. So he's gonna be having nightmares about that. Oh, could have had the interception, but it's a Dak didn't play well enough. So as, as, as fun as it is to think about, oh, what if Diggs squeezes that interception, Dak was not up for it, right? I think that was it. I mean, you can get mad and smash your television if you're a Cowboys fan, but Dak just wasn't up for it. In fact, there's, there's funny footage of Cowboys fans smashing televisions. Here it is. Guy with the Prescott jersey. Wow. Wow. Impressive. Smashing a teeny tiny television. Right? In 2023, you're still rocking a television that's the size of a computer monitor? Like, that's not impressive. Like, I can't believe that got any plays on TikTok. That's not impressive to smash a television of that size. Okay? Televisions of that size are like 60 bucks. That's not a big deal. It used to be you get a liquid plasma television and it you know it would be, you know, 50 inches, you know, super expensive. Prices have come down. Now because of the supply chain they they've kind of come back up a little bit. They they bottomed out a couple of years ago the price of these flat screen TVs. But this was a small flat screen TV that is not expensive. And yet like you can see someone rushing to like post it on TikTok. Like this is this is so crazy that he would break this television. Like the pizzas they ordered cost more than the television. So child, please get over yourselves. Cowboys fans. Dak just didn't play well. Josh Allen just didn't play well. It happens. It happens in the sport of football. Your stud quarterback, your franchise quarterback that you're paying $300 billion doesn't play well. And you lose to a great team. It happens all the time. The Bengals are a great team. 49ers are a great team. We talked about this last week. I said, hey, the Cowboys are inferior at every position group with the exception of quarterback, but it is a big advantage to have Dak over Purdy, and then Dak doesn't play well, so that advantage is gone and you lose. That's it. It doesn't have to be complicated. It would have been interesting if Diggs had squeezed the football, just like it would have been interesting if Dalton Schultz had dragged his foot or Dalton Schultz had gotten out of bounds moving forward. Like I said, this is why I don't like Dalton Schultz. I said, why you guys have Dalton Schultz ranked so low? It's like, well, Dalton Schultz is not the type of tight end that we draft heavily at all, ever. That guy looks like George Kittle. Big, explosive, and capable of going like six for six for 90 yards. Like high yards per target. Super efficient. Catching everything. The, it was the difference in the game. And on the flip side, Dalton Schultz was the difference in the game that Dak was peppering Schultz with so many targets 
at the expense of the other receivers is what cost them the game. If you if Dalton Schultz is getting ten targets, I don't love the chances for that team. I just don't. I do not like the chances. Gallup only three targets. Now they were they were poorly thrown. Gallup was open. Could have been a big splash play. And it was way off the mark, way to the right. And when you see that, when you're watching and you see that, you're like, okay, well, that quarterback's just having a bad game. And it's he's not going to be able to fix it in the fourth quarter. Most likely, it's just going to peter out and this, the, the game's going to be over. I just wish that Tony Pollard had been more involved. Tony Pollard needed to be more involved. So I wasn't surprised that they lost a game where Tony Pollard had five fantasy points. Because if you look at these games, that the Cowboys lose the game Right, week one against Tampa, week six against Philly. Okay, in both of those games, Pollard had two catches. They lost to Green Bay. They lost to Jacksonville. Pollard in none of those games did he have more than four catches. Whenever they get Pollard involved in the passing game, they have an advantage. And when they get Dalton Schultz involved, you're giving the defense what they want. Right? It's if you can hit Michael Gallup down the seam, the defense is is going to feel pressure. CeeDee Lamb puts pressure on the defense. Anytime you can throw the ball to Tony Pollard, he puts pressure on a defense. At no point was any defender like, oh boy, I hope they don't throw it to Schultz. And then what happens? He can't get out of bounds moving forward. He can't drag his foot because he is just one of these prototypical move tight ends. Like a slot tight end, move tight end. And he's not Zach Ertz, right? He's not. He's just a, he's one of these lesser Zach Ertz tight ends. And if you're a lesser Zach Ertz, what are you really? What are you giving us? Right? You're gonna have some games. Hunter Henry has some games. You're gonna have some games, but you're not gonna be a guy that's ever gonna give you leverage at the position. If that offense ever opens up in San Francisco, George Kittle is going to be a monster. Okay, just like T.J. Hawkinson found himself on an offense that opened up in Minnesota, and he was a monster. He's not as good as Kittle, and that's a great debate. It's a great debate we're going to have this offseason. So I just want to prepare everybody for a debate this offseason. Kittle versus Hawkinson in Dynasty is going to be fascinating. So you got to stay tuned for that. Hawkinson's a couple years younger. Hawkinson's at a more prolific offense. Kittle is just better. So he has more bigger, better spike week potential, even though Hawkinson was the one that gave you two giant spike weeks. The more I think about it, the more I lean Hawkinson even though I love Kittle, those couple those couple years where you're past the age apex for Kittle compared to Hawkinson, plus these these splash plays, plus the offense, plus operating as the as the the second option to Justin Jefferson in Minnesota, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough to hold TJ Hawkinson back in Dynasty. But you saw why a guy like Kittle needs to be posted up in the top three. And then it's like, well, okay, how you you're gonna have five top three tight ends in Dynasty? And I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah, I think that sounds right. I think yeah, three top ten tight ends. That's uh, that sounds that sounds sounds right on. Sounds right on. And so yeah, predictions for the rest of the uh, the games coming up. Oh man, oh man, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do with these games? Okay, we got we got uh, Cincinnati going to Kansas City. Oh man, oh man, it's a pick'em game at home. Vegas is telling you with a pick'em line at home, the Bengals are a better team. The Bengals made it to the Super Bowl last year. Their defense is playing great. They might get some of their linemen healthy. It's possible. I don't know whether Alex Kappa or 
uh, Lyle Collins or uh, Jonah Williams. I, I don't know. I don't know if they'll be able to play. I don't know. But but it's interesting. I think that if the backup linemen are playing as well as they're playing, and Patrick Mahomes is throwing to Kadarius Tony and Marquez Valdez Scantling, and we know weapons matter. Weapons matter for quarterbacks. Just just Travis Kelsey's not enough. Oh man, I think I like the Bengals. I think I I, I think it's going to be an Eagles Bengals Super Bowl. I really do. I I again I didn't think of it. Didn't come to this conclusion until just this moment. Enjoy Bengals Eagles. Oh, yeah. Show's going well. We have a good show here. Don't fuck it up, Podfather. Keep it going. Keep it going. Stay hot. Don't start thinking about it. Wait, I'm thinking about it now. God damn it! They continue. The takeaways continue. They never stop. Why would they stop? Who would stop? Let's go live. Oh! Live time. Live time. All right, let's get started. Josh Allen's place in the Dynasty rankings is in doubt. Suddenly, wow, impressive, smashing a teeny tiny television. It, like, the pizzas they ordered cost more than the television. So, child, please. So they're very different. They're polar opposite players, but both bad. The pizzas they ordered cost more than the television. So, child please.